You're tuned in to the Over My Dad podcast with do-gooder dads Dave Thompson and George Andriopoulos. Periodic guests, great conversation, and of course, some dad jokes here and there. Dads and non-dads, welcome to our movement towards nothing in particular. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Stay tuned for further instructions. I love you, Daddy. I know we're not going to let this whole thing play through, but this is our theme song. But we should. It's so good, George. (laughs) We could just lower it and keep it on in the background as we intro the show. I just want to have a heart-to-heart about the importance of not uh, giving in to peer pressure when I hear that song. And today, in the in this very special episode of Over My Dad podcast... Dave intervenes when he finds out George was taking diet pills and working overnights as a busboy at the local diner. Dave was smoking in the girls' bathroom at school. <laughs> All right, welcome, everybody. The the best part of the week. This is Over My Dad Podcast. Cast. Over My Dad Podcast. The newest podcast from yours truly, George Andriopoulos and Dave Thompson. We're here. That's right. I am so stoked, and I just have to say I've been working really hard. You know, we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, picking the songs, sending each other a lot of memes, dad jokes, and I personally have been working on my dad bod for this uh, stress eating like crazy just to make sure I'm in proper, you know, podcasting shape for this thing. Yeah, well, we're, we're pros. We're pros. So we could tell everybody about that. So so we've been we're not only pros at being dads, we're pros at being podcasters. Uh, I, of course, am, am the host of the launch cast. That's my my first podcast ever. And uh, and Dave does his own thing as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing uh, Sounds Like Autism since 2019, which is uh, I don't have autism, but my co-host does. I'm an educator, advocate, innovator uh, within the autism employment and support space. So I've been doing that. But um, this is where we get to kick back, George. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When I when I started the launch cast, you know, it's a it's a it's a heavy podcast, a, a podcast about leadership. We do some deep dives into leadership and we talk to you know entrepreneurs we talk to world changers public speakers and and a whole load of good people and so i missed the part where i can just sit back and and bs with my friend and and just have fun on the show because that's you know although some of the interviews take that tone that's not necessarily uh, the the tone of the show and I, and i know it's sort of sort of the same thing for you a little bit different but sort of the same thing right yeah, not that it's not important and not that I don't love it. And, and you know, I, I no regrets. I think it serves its function, but it's a little limiting. And, and I think that we come here with no agenda and it is a social function and not a professional function when we're on here. Uh, and you're right. What happens, happens. We don't really know what's going to happen. That's, that's part of the fun. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and, and we've been wanting to work together for a really long time and George and I, there's a lot of crossover, but we are from different worlds. Um, 
oh, despite uh, our geography for now being really close, uh, George is obviously in, in the business space and the consulting space and, and has a, a few years on me as far as being a public speaker um, and those kind of forward facing um, endeavors. Uh, and and I've, I've been in the nonprofit space. And again, there's crossover, but um, it, it's cool to just come here just as buds and just be able to talk about what we do have in common and compare compare notes yeah 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 and so let me so so we wanted this thing to have a a a fun just sort of vibe to it you know you guys see our overlay we 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 went a little nuts on the whole 80s sitcom vibe with our intro song and and the overlay but this let me let me reiterate this is not an 80s themed podcast this isn't even like a dad themed podcast this is just an entertaining show i hope uh, i'm going to read them the the official intro or the official description of the show so this is over make my sure you, da- make sure yeah. to use your make sure to use your official voice george <clears throat> <laughs> over my dad podcast is recorded no is not recorded in front of our studio audience. No, so Over My Dad Podcast is a podcast from do-gooders Dave Thompson and George Andriopoulos for people who love dad jokes and good storytelling. Periodic guests and great conversations are the hallmarks of this podcast. Or should I – oh, what – I messed that up. Periodic guests and great conversations of the hallmarks of this podcast. Uh, podcast. Dad bods are recommended for optimal listening, but not required. Dads and non-dads, welcome to our movement, parentheses, towards nothing in particular, close parentheses. So that's that's the business of the show. That's what we're sort of about. But where, where we go, I don't know. Whatever happens, and, happens. And speaking of dad bods, <laughs> I, I meant to text you. I meant to text you this the other day. So <laughs> I got, I'm sorry, I got to tell you. So... Have you heard? Of, do you know what Postmates is? It's kind yeah. of like Uber Eats. I hate Postmates. But they actually but go ahead. Well, I, I I've never used it, and I don't know how big it is in New York, but I know like a lot of my friends on the West Coast and and throughout the country, it, it's older than Uber Eats, but I don't think it's as po- as popular. But anyway, they don't. They're not limited to just food. Right. They'll they'll go to the drugstore for you. That's like that's the difference I think with Postmates between like Postmates, DoorDash, Uber Eats. I have some friends that. Are, are professional musicians, a lot of friends, and they've all had to pivot recently, obviously, like we all have and, and done some other things. So a lot, a bunch of them are like delivering for Uber Eats throughout the country and in Denver and Vegas. And um, so, and, and they'll do more than one, like they'll drive for Uber and then in between rides, like deliver for Postmates. So anyway, my friend posted this the other day and speaking of dad bods, he's a dad too. And uh. this, this is just too crazy. So have you heard about this burger shop that, renamed their menu items offer after office supplies so that you could bill your company like for for a bacon cheeseburger and call it like a stapler <laughs> oh my god that's incredible <laughs> dude it it it's it's called good fortune burger and that literally i'm telling you right now like i'll read you the menu mini dry erase whiteboard that is a uh, a chicken burger uh, <laughs> with onions and cheese. We got the silicone keyboard cover. That is a build your own burger. <laughs> <laughs> this is the when we when we talk about Shark Tank ideas. Th- 
this is the kind of energy I want to be seeing from you. Joe. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but as as like an an audit department or an accounting department inside of firm. So what if you were somebody like me? Like I, when I find something I like, I'll keep eating it. I got no problem. I'll have the same thing every day for like a month. And so so what like, happens re- when really another silicone keyboard? Twenty five staplers this month, and why is your stapler cost forty eight dollars? <laughs> you know you're gonna have to stop buying your stapler from Good Fortune Burger. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually quite curious. They didn't rename their restaurant. Now I've never been uh, any sort of comptroller or anything. <laughs> But if someone's buying staplers from Good Fortune Burger, I'm going to ask a question. That is awesome. So Good wouldn't for them, you let, let me ask you a question because this is so so I'm I'm a business dude, right? I'm a business strategist, um, and, and I love to find holes in businesses. You know, that's the first thing you got to play devil's advocate to make sure a business idea is good. If you are, if you are a food establishment that is. Literally, your whole idea is hiding the purchases so that they look like office supplies. Why would you call your business Good Fortune Burger? <laughs> Why wouldn't you call it like the Office Depot or something? I know that name's taken, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you might as well call I'm it really... fake, fake food named after Office Supplies dot com. I think that it was probably a retroactive decision that they, they probably weren't doing so hot. George. They probably good fortune burger probably had some bad fortune. Yeah. That's yeah, probably I would imagine. I would imagine. And now they're getting some, now they're getting some good press. I'll give them that. This has been all over the place. And I think that I'm really here for it. I think it's hilarious. And I know you can't advocate for this because you're a business consultant. You fix broken businesses and all that. So I know you're not going to (laughs) say that you suggest anything like this, but I do. I love it. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) I just, I just want to say, I'd like you to check your tone when you say you're a business consultant. Like you didn't have to say it like that. (laughs) You fix broken businesses. Oh, you're, you could just you're say, a big bad business. Oh, you, you're a big uh, bad business. Oh, you work in neurodiverse education. Is that what you do? Yeah, I'm a nonprofit guy. <laughs> Ooh. I have to say, without the, without all the context, when I first met you, I used to think, you know, this is good, so people can get us to know a little, you know, get to know us a little bit better. I saw your really crazy office. It's like a mini Google, you know, right in Farmingdale, Long Island. And and I didn't really have much context. I didn't really know what you did. And you, all all I knew is I fixed broken businesses. And immediately I just go to John Taffer from Bar Rescue, and just like is that why you do the voice? Picturing you, picturing yeah, exactly. Because that was my impression of you at first. Like when I didn't even know you yet, and and now we're like best friends. But I was picturing you go, going into a place and like throwing throwing a stapler or maybe a Good Fortune Burger. Good fortune burger, maybe against the wall. Be like, I, I've seen these re- expense reports. How many staplers can you buy in one month? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, John Taffer, Taffer, Tafferty, yeah, Bar Rescue, that guy. He, he, yeah, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure he donates the money to fit, or the show donates the money to fix their businesses. So he can throw all the staplers and, 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 bottles of beer he wants for me i get paid by these people so i actually i actually for every consult i allow them to throw staplers at me for for a short period of time <laughs> as long as they're paying me <laughs> oh that's so yeah, funny that that's, business that's, man, all the, that's what all those shows are like that business though that's that's what they call a big yikes right there that's a or the, the millennials call it a big yikes 
That, that's their that's what, their keyword. Good fortune. Good yeah, fortune yeah, burger. yeah. So 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 speaking of speaking of millennials, right? So I I came across. So this is a a, a pet peeve of mine, and I think it's because I'm com- I'm becoming old, right? Like I'm 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 41. <laughs> And and I just hate everything and everybody. Like seriously, I can't stand people. You know, I, I, anybody outside of my own home, I just can't stand, and I can't stand anything <laughs> they do. And I'm getting so crotchety all the time. And and I, I'm the guy like with music, and I'm such a music connoisseur, dude. Like everything pre like 2015 or 2010. That was good. It doesn't matter what genre it is. Like I'll listen to it. Like I'm, I'm, I listen to hip hop, you know, heavy metal, R and B, punk, whatever, anything. Like I just love good music. But like I can't stand anything anymore. Like on the radio. Like I listen to it. And I'm like, this isn't music, right? So, but in particular, in particular, the slang today. Right, because I have two kids. I have a twelve-year-old and a ten-year-old. I should say an almost thirteen and almost eleven-year-old that do all kinds they're of like, slang. They're like, "It's not lit, Dad. This song is not lit. Van Halen's not lit, Dad." Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, so, <laughs> yeah. So I came across this article on FamilyEducation.com called 25 Gen Z slang phrases all parents should know." Right. So I, I am Gen X. I, I I actually I'm I'm technically Gen Y I think they called us but then a, a few years ago they just Gen Y just disappeared and we became part of Generation X right so all right Gen Z of course that's the millennials right that's that's the the younger folks out there today and I've I've come across these words with my own kids and so I, I felt the need to to bring this up so let's let's bring up a few of these I'm not going to go through all 25 on the list but. Um, so here's the first one, e-boy and e-girl. Have you ever heard of that one? So let me let me let me give you my impression of that. All I know is like it's very like kind of anime and like like colored hair and stuff, uh, and very like internet focused. Is am I right? So it says here, e-boys and e-girls use the internet to express themselves and are similar to being semi-emo or goth. Speaking my language, George. Yeah. Yeah. Goth goth when I was I I love goth when I was when I was younger. Like goth is cool, man. I used to go to the what was that place in Hempstead? The Witch's Brew and it was all gothy oh, yeah. and and I love it. And you go to Hot Topic in the mall and everybody's goth and, and it's great. But the, even goth has gotten lost in, in E boy oh, yeah. and E girl, right? Here's another mm-hmm. one. Glow up. Glow up describes a makeover or transformation from bad to good in some way. If you think a new haircut makes you more attractive, you might refer to this as a glow up. Yeah, it just means an improvement, right? Like yeah. it just means it got better. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's a, as as opposed to a blow up or something. I don't know. You know but how nerd? I've heard how, that a lot. See that that one I'm not again eager. Yeah, you, you know how old we are, e boy. You, you how, just said how old? I think that refers to it as an improvement. That's what we sound like. That's what you and I sound like. Uh, according <laughs> according to my notes I have here. Um, well, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I have a. Uh, I, I I spent years in the city working with foster uh, foster kids, foster teenagers in like the juvenile justice system, like gang affiliated kids and stuff. And those kids had way different slang. I was only twenty three when I started, but those those teenagers had way different slang than me, right? Yeah. So. 
I'm not gonna curse. I gotta figure out how to not to not to curse. That's my are we goal not cursing on this? By the way, I don't think we ever talked. I'm about not. It. I'm not going. I'm gonna abstain. But all right, so let's do okay. it. Let's not so, curse. So, <laughs> so <laughs> SMH. Do you know what that means? Scratching my head, right? Shaking my head. Oh, okay. Shaking. Whoops. <laughs> and maybe scratching my head would be like the same thing, I guess. Like, I guess scratching your head would imply you're wondering, but shaking your head would would imply like disapproval, right? But when it first came out, everyone's saying, oh, like they're they're typing it. They're, I used to do room inspections where I'd have to make sure they were behaving because it was a co-ed foster house of like nine nine kids. And they'd pass notes to each other. They weren't allowed. So I'd be like decoding these notes. And I'd been like, SMH, what does that mean? This is like 2009. I'm like, SMH, what does that mean? And and my my uh, one of the one of the residents goes, it means sh- my homie, like SH, my homie. Uh-huh. And I was like, really? That's what that means? So I was telling people for like three years that SMH meant sh- my homie, uh-huh. uh, but it means shaking my head. And I was completely off. That is – so like people on like CNN are saying SMH, and I was like, that is pretty edgy. But it wasn't at all. <laughs> it was that's just shaking great. my head. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I know I had some wop- – how old are you again? I'm th- I'm 34. You're 34. All right. So, so we're sort of in that same world, right? I'm 41. So we're, we're I'm, kind a, of I'm, like, a, I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm an elder millennial, George. You are. You are. You. I've read articles that say I'm a millennial, and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, dude. <laughs> um, I'm baby. Feeling helpless or not capable in a certain area of your life, you might want to try the Gen Z term. I'm baby. I'm, I'm baby, George. Like that's just that's. <laughs> So much work to say. I'm feeling helpless, guys. I'm baby. Because then somebody's gonna go. I'm sorry. What? You're a baby? No, no. I'm baby. What does that mean? And you could have just said, I'm feeling a little helpless. Avoided the whole rigmarole. I just said rigmarole. That was like that was like a Gen a Gen K term rigmarole. <laughs> but when was Gen K? <laughs> like. 200 years you, ago. You know what really gr- you know what really <laughs> grinds my gears all this I'm baby talk. <laughs> all right. Man, see? All so, these millennials, see what the- <laughs> So sip tea is another one. This is a newer one for me. Sip tea is a phrase that is used when you are just sitting back and listening to the gossip as opposed to participating in it. Um I actually was listening to I was listening to Howard Stern the, the other day uh and this this is just coincidence that this came up but he uh, he does one of these segments where it's like, I hate everything. I hate this. I hate that. So he was playing scenes from like the red carpet of the Golden Globes, and they just abused the tea term. Like, oh, I got some tea. Oh, show me some tea. Oh, let me have some tea. And it was all gossip. Right. I, I'm sorry. I, I just I hate think, everything. By the I way, my daughter is in the corner like just that. dying laughing at everything. <laughs> I I think I I think that with those shows like they get given it's kind of like politicians they get given like a list of talking points it's just like okay ryan seacrest on this one we're really gonna try to emphasize the spilling of the tea because on the hashtags and on all the analytics people are talking about sipping the tea spilling the tea just really drive that home and then you have like people over and over just being like well according to my notes uh we're we're really sipping the tea around here I'll do one more from this list. Finna. Oh, Finna. I know Finna. Yeah. Finna is short for saying, I'm going to. You could say, 
I this actually says in quotes, I am finna order some pizza. <laughs> Right, yeah. Wouldn't yeah, it yeah. be, I'm finna, I'm finna order some pizza. <laughs> right, that's something I learned in Queens too, and I love that. So that, that it, it means I'm going to, but the, the phrase would have come from I'm fixing to, which is like a more urban way of saying I'm going to. Sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to cook some dinner right now. I'm, yo, Mr. Mr. David, you finna cook dinner right now? And when, when I text people that, that I, that's part of my speech. That's where I cut my teeth in Queens. So like I I say for for like a someone from where I'm from and doing what I do, I have I'm I, I have some pretty um colorful uh, some pretty colorful language, I guess. And people that that always catches people off guard. Like I shouldn't say y'all, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's there's I actually well, one there's actually one that's not on this list that my my kids, my, my my daughter in particular, used last year all the time. She would use the term "visco girl." Have you heard of that one? Well, I know what vi- visco is like Instagram, right? So right, so so it's an app, but visco girl is a term generally used as an insult for a young, usually white woman who posts trendy pictures of herself edited on the app visco. But then all of a sudden, it was associated with. A, a girl that wears scrunchies, a girl that uses a hydro flask, and then my daughter was coming home saying all the time, and and I oop, and I oop. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, man. I know she's like staring at me, laughing right now, but it was, dude. I don't even. I just want to go back to the, the days of like. Dope. I know they still say dope, but like I remember. Yeah, dope tell me was... about your. Tell me about <laughs> Uncle George. Tell me about <laughs> slang from the nineties. <laughs> All right. So so dope was one. I don't think I could pull off dope at the time. Maybe I could pull it off now. I definitely couldn't pull off dope back in the day. Right. Um, dip. Well, dip. Oh, dip. Is our oh, is our, is oh our, oh dip? Yeah, I remember remember that. I was just yeah. Oh, dip. Oh, dip yep. was like, it was the shiz. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dip. Oh, oh dip and, and, and the comparable oh, snap. Oh, snap was a big one. <laughs> oh, snap. He, oh, snap was usually like when your friend made a mama joke at you, and then you were like, oh, snap. <laughs> your, your daughter's in the background like, dad, what's a your mama joke? <laughs> oh, no, no. We do your mama jokes in here all the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> so yeah no i was i was about to say i was about to make the mistake of saying to you well george i think slang from our time is kind of timeless like they still use it because they still use cool and awesome and those have become like part of the regular vernacular right but then like when you really think about it like oh snap like tell your daughter oh you know uh uh, you didn't do the dishes (laughs) oh snap (laughs) yeah yeah oh snap she'd be like what there was what else was I'm looking at a good list here. There was I I was a good one. All that in a bag oh, yeah. of chips. As if a big clueless one. As if Clueless was transformative for me, man. That was an yeah. important movie. Great movie. It wasn't Great just movie. A pick, wasn't just a chick flick. No, it, it was not. I loved Clueless. And most of my intro to music was all from those 90s soundtracks. So there was like some great grunge, like Soundgarden was on there, I think. The Wallflowers, like, yeah, yeah. Want to know great, great time? I, I want- I, I'm sure you'll know this. Uh, 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 hold on, let me think of the movie real quick. Um, 
Holy cow! I can't think. Of, I can't believe I'm forgetting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it right now because uh, I know who's in it. I'll I'll say one: The Wedding Singer, excellent oh, soundtrack. All God, new, yeah. all new wave and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so good. Reality bites. That's what I was looking for. I never saw <gasps> that reality. What? Bites. Yeah, Dave, I'm gonna write it seriously, down. go download the reality bites. The movie is good enough. The movie's like it's it's Winona Ryder, Ben Stiller, Ethan Hawke was in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> amazing! I mean, it was like one of those timeless '90s movies. But the soundtrack there was um, so the knack was on there with My Sharona, um, uh, Lisa Loeb. That's where Lisa Loeb came from. Stay. Oh, wow. Stay was from Reality Bites. Yeah. Um, U2 with, um, oh, man, one of my favorite U2 songs that I, I can't think of. Jeez. Uh, I, I can't believe like, all these songs. I'm getting so old. I'm forgetting things. Um, you can't think of a U2 song. You might ring have. of gold. Bon- bon- you suffer from bononucleosis. <laughs> um, uh, listen, George, I need to move on with or without you. Go ahead. <laughs> with home Thank you. I know. We're good. Um, <laughs> now you know that's that's a, that was a crazy time for movies. Like all those, everything was so lethargic. It was like everywhere was Seattle back then. Like everything. Yeah. Oh my god. All those, all those, all those movies. Like everyone worked in a record store. Everyone in every movie, like High Fidelity, and uh, what's that one that's actually about a record store where like Guar plays. Uh, and and uh, live live Tyler's in it. Oh, uh, Empire Records, Empire Records. Yeah, yeah. All those movies from back then. Everything was just so like. Mwah. I'm yeah. suffering. I'm I'm 26 <laughs> and I don't know. I'm still in my home. I'm still in my hometown. Dazed and confused <laughs> came from back then. Oh, stop, dude. There was the <laughs> 90s so was just good. amazing. The 90s was amazing. That's all I can say. This is why no one below 30 will ever listen to our podcast. No, right? I don't care. I'm, I'm looking at this soundtrack now. It's so funny because I, there are so many songs that you know how you're a music guy, right? So a song yeah. brings you back to a moment, right? Like a moment in your life. And there are so many. Like All I Want Is You, by the way, was that U2 song I was trying to think of. But um, mm-hmm. uh, Tempted by Squeeze is on there. Um Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm nothing. It, actually, Ethan Hawke had a song that was actually pretty good called "I'm Nothing." Baby, oh, wow. I love your way by Big Mountain. So obviously, uh, uh, a Peter Frampton song. But this is the version that, like, when I found out that we were having a, another baby again last year, um, there, there's a song for for each one of my kids that just makes me think of something. My daughter at Vienna, Billy Joel. She knows like when she gets married one day. My older daughter. That's the one we're gonna dance to. Baby, I love Aww. your way by Big Mountain. Is like the song that just makes me think of Joanna, my my little six month old. Baby, I love your way. That's, it, yeah. Was it playing when you found out or something, or is it just like something that comes up? So I'm a big planner, <laughs> and so I just heard it one day, and I was like, oh my god, like this is I'm I'm listening to the words. This is the vibe while we're expecting you, right? We we had a very hey, it was it was pandemic. It was like we were locked in the house together, the whole family. We actually had. I don't want to play up the pandemic, but we had a, a hell of a time last year. We had a great time at home, everybody. You yeah. know, just locked together safe and all working from home. And my, my wife got to be home the entire, almost the entire pregnancy. Um, so I don't just remember it came on one day and I was like, this is the vibe of this pregnancy. Like, it's just happy. It's, you know, I know when yeah. I looked down at her and it was like, boom, it just, yeah. Like when, I, when, when, Our, ours, 
Yeah. Our, ours was very pointed because, so speaking of 90s movies, my daughter's name is Veda, V-E-D-A. And I don't know if we've ever had this conversation, but what movie is the, the character Veda from, George? Yeah, Macaulay Culkin and and uh, my, my my girl, my girl. Sorry, we're slipping. So so I'll tell you, I'll tell you that the the song that I'll dance to, whether at her wedding, is already built in right there. It's my girl. Yeah, you know, like that. That's her song. That's my song with her. That's been since before we even knew if we were having a girl. I was we we immediately thought that we would uh, name her Veda. And no reason in particular, we're not like obsessed with that movie. Well, it is a very good movie. Yes. Very good. Uh, but, you know, then, then you know what's so weird, dude? So Veda is just like a really pretty name, V-E-D-A. So her name is Veda Grace. And then <laughs> I'm like, you know how like when you have a crush on somebody in school or like, you know, you're looking forward to something, you're like write it in the note. I'm a note writer and a doodler. Yep. So like I'm writing her name in script in my on, on my notebook at work. And I realize I'm like, and I kind of suck at script. Like I'm not good at script. I'm, I'm in my 30s. Like we didn't really do script besides <laughs> our signatures in school. Yeah. So it's not like you know my my father-in-law's age where they used to like tie your hand to the desk if you like <laughs> yeah. didn't write properly. So anyway, so I'm writing this and I'm like I'm really good at Veda's signature. And then I realize that Veda is the is the name Dave with the letters rearranged. How funny! How funny! <laughs> That's great. I never even looked at that. <laughs> Completely an accident. We had already announced her name and everything, so now I'm like very defensive about it. So like at at a, at her baby shower, like there was, we had the letter balloons, and I rearranged them to say Dave and took a picture with it. You know? You know do you know what '90s George would say to that? He would say, "Dope." No, he would say, "I'm totally bugging." <laughs> And then he might throw in and like an I eat my shorts. Right. Well, as soon as as soon as we thought of the name, I said, I said, Priscilla, whoop, there it is. <laughs> Yo, that's fat. P H A T. I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. <laughs> oh, now see now we're getting into late nineties. Late nineties is not nineties. I'm sorry. <laughs> now here, now no, no, now George, now 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 here's a story from from A to Z. Okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I really enjoyed like doing that and seeing how long it takes for people to realize I'm completely trolling them. Um, oh man. <laughs> booyah. No, but that's all I can say. But, <laughs> Booyah. Oh my goodness. I still and use And then there booyah. was the whole all, alley-oop, alley-oop thing, which was like a basketball move that became like, I guess calling something a slam dunk would be the same thing. Like I got an alley-oop, right? Wasn't that yeah. a thing? A slam well, there term? Was, you know what? I think, I think 90s culture turned some basketball terminology into pop culture references because of, do you remember NBA Jam? Oh yeah, was that the Sega one where the ball was, set on it was fire? Really, and you got three in a row. I mean, it was eventually in in uh, on like the home consoles, but I'm I'm almost positive that started. Unless I'm wrong, I'm almost positive it started in like the arcades. Like you used to go to like the Probably. pizza place and they have they'd have NBA Jam and it's four player yeah. and they they would uh, uh, boom shakalaka and, and... You, you, you know what you know why I never played it in the arcade, George? They didn't have it at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness no it's 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 so funny to like just talk about 
time and stuff like that. We really are so, so old, George. And yeah. put, fatherhood really puts that into perspective. And yeah. and you're right about COVID. You're right about COVID. Like, like it, it, not to downplay any of the struggles. And there were plenty for us too. You know, the fact that like, it broke my heart when I saw that you couldn't even go into your kid's ultrasound. You know what I mean? Like, like we were impacted negatively, but for, for that, you know, there were so many silver linings as far as being a dad, like, like for example, okay. So we went camping, right? <laughs> I am not an outdoorsy person. <laughs> Are you? No. Are you? No, I hate going no, outside. Not at all. I don't even like going to get so, the mail. <laughs> so I'm not going to make this like a guidance counselor session, but we should probably get off the, right off the bat. We should probably, since we, we are going to talk about fatherhood a little bit, we should probably, my dad was not the nicest guy, not a, not a supportive person. So I didn't even get to like hold the flashlight when he was fixing something. Like I wasn't even that kid, you know, like he didn't teach me anything. So like, I never did anything outdoorsy in my life. Never. I was a cub scout for like a year. Right. So during COVID, like we were very COVID conscious and responsible. And so we were like, what is our little family unit going to do? Right. So we went, we, we started doing outdoorsy stuff and we didn't know what we were doing at all like (laughs) like sunburns like not having the proper equipment in the middle of nowhere we went camping five times this summer and (laughs) tried to like rescue animals we thought were hurt and the animals were really just like fine (laughs) (laughs) leave me alone leave me alone (laughs) and then yeah no for real for real like probably killed one a lizard by accident (laughs) we thought that we ran over a lizard <clears throat> and uh because it didn't have all its legs but then we found out it was a salamander and it wasn't done like popping its legs out like it it was in the middle of like transformation you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah <laughs> it was really but i just weird. want to say by the way that murder is murder always it's never an accident but go ahead and keep going <laughs> no but did i tell did i tell you about the bear did i tell you about this no so <laughs> This is bad, dude. And like, as a father, like, okay, A, I'm not outdoorsy. I have no context for this, right? B, like, I'm with, I'm with my, we, we found this very like beautiful Instagrammable place up in the Catskills to go. And it was this guy's property. There's this really cool company called Tenter, T-E-N-T-R-R. I really suggest it, but it's like Airbnb, but for camping properties. So as opposed to going to like a camp, site with like a million other families and like it's very like kind of cookie cutter this is like a guy that has a hundred acres and he's like yeah i got a waterfall no one ever uses it feel free to come on by sixty dollars a night and like the tent is already set up it's glamping in a way the tent is already set up so like this is perfect for people that aren't used to doing outdoorsy stuff right so we go to the, the 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 catskills and there's there's like a river. It's beautiful. We had the best time. Like we, we went swimming in this river. We were like hiking and we, we hadn't stayed the night yet. And then we put the baby to bed. She's two and a half. I'm like, obviously like, I'm not scared. Like anything bad's going to happen. We're in the middle of nowhere. And like this guy rents out this campsite. So we assume it's safe, but like, you know, you're conscious of the fact that your kid is like, a hundred feet away. Like we don't want like a dingo ate my baby situation. You know what I mean? So my, my wife and I are sitting by the campfire. Like it's, it's only like eight 30 at night, but it's super dark. We were out all day. We were like almost ready for bed and my, my daughter's sleeping. And then just a bear just like <laughs> walks up to us, just literally 
what a full grown actual bear like not a winnie the pooh bear not a cub a bear walks up to us within i kid you not george within 10 feet of us it was <laughs> and like the only thing that was lighting the night what whatever was was the campfire i just hear like crack 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 and i turn my foot luckily I, I don't even have this in me george like i never again no context not outdoorsy but i turn on my cell phone flashlight behind me and this bear is just sit just standing there just what are you guys doing <laughs> not aggressive but really close like really close george <laughs> and then like i flashed i flashed the flashlight he didn't do anything he just stood there he's like no what's up what are you guys doing not aggressive but also not retreating. <laughs> but you say not aggressive like that's like that's a thing. Like if if right now, like Charles Manson, like that's like me going yeah. to the mall, right? And I'm online at Starbucks to get my frappuccino and I turn around and Charles Manson is standing there with a big knife. And I'm like, right. yeah, Dave, Charles Manson was standing there with a knife. Not aggressive. <laughs> No, he's, he wasn't being aggressive. Just, <laughs> <laughs> right, like, by being a bear, like, he was being a bear, so I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, well, was he, he a bear? You're, yeah. you're, yeah, you're stereotyping there. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, my goodness. It was, so, so again, know nothing about this. And we had just started this show at home called Alone, which is like <laughs> where they drop people off in the middle of nowhere. It's a great show. But, like, when they see bears, they're like, oh, no, they've smelled our food. We have to move campsites, blah, blah, blah. It's ruined. So I'm like, our camp, our camping trip has been compromised, babe. We got to Okay. So anyway, the bear retreats. The bear eventually got really, like, oh, hit the bear. And maybe the bear was looking at us for like 10 seconds and he turned around. And, but then it just disappears into the dark. We don't know where the bear is. We didn't even want to like go anywhere. But our daughter is like a hundred feet away in the tent. What would you do, George? <laughs> I've had these moments, I don't know if you, you get this, like I've had these moments of like um, like a premonition of fear, like with my family, like kids or whatever, like that they're in danger for a second and you have like this vision of you doing like something superhuman, right? So like that would be where I, I like envision myself like having like flash level speed, getting to the tent with my wife in, in one hand, grabbing, grabbing the kid in the other and just throwing them like 500 feet to safety while I just put myself in front of the bear to blockade them. That, that's kind of like the vision in my head. What would have actually happened is yeah. probably would involve my own urine in my sleeping bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, problem is, the problem is they like that stuff. Like the hunters, from what I understand, they buy urine to like put on themselves. So you'd probably be attracting the bear at that point. Yeah, I don't really think I'd have a choice in it, though, is, is what I'm saying. And not doing the, the urine is not by choice. <laughs> Let me reiterate that. You're like, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, first, I'm going to pee myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so, so I'll, I'll tell you what we did do, George. All jokes aside, here's what we did. We kept our, flashlight phone, our phones on our flashlights, not that we could see anything past five feet away from us. We, we went back towards the tent. We backed up towards the tent, trying not to trip. We left the stuff that was on, like at the picnic table. And then I realized that my truck was facing the woods. So I turned on the headlights to my truck, like, and they were bright. And then I turned on the alarm 
to my truck, like the panic button on my key fob. And and was like that'll that'll take care of it. Yeah. Like hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if that attracts bears or scares them away. But like again, I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing this summer. But I'm so that was such a transformative time for me, and that, that that made me realize that I wanted to like kind of get somewhere where we could create a little bit more space between us and people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it fatherhood and uh, and the wilderness is not something that's <laughs> natural to me. But, that's but a it's great... something that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna work towards. <laughs> that's a great story, though. That's a great. I wonder if like the bear expert would also add that to the, like, yeah, bears are attracted to urine, headlights, and car alarms. So <laughs> you're screwed completely. <laughs> I'll tell you one more thing though. What made me upset was that we were on it. So, so anyway, we left. We 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 got our stuff. We left. We took the baby, the dog. We left, and we ended up driving three hours home. But we on the way home, we were like, maybe we'll get a refund, but we should at least just let the camp keeper know that there's a bear on the premises. And so we emailed the guy, and he was just like, "Oh, that's Jim." Oh, <laughs> Jim. <laughs> maybe he didn't have a name, but he was just like, "Oh." No, yeah, he stopped by again. All right, like no sense of urgency whatsoever, <laughs> which made me feel made me feel you know a little inadequate. Like yeah, I was just like okay, I was like, did I not just make the right decision by oh, driving three hours home? <laughs> he didn't rip one of your children in half by chance, did he? No. Oh, Jim was having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, the things we'll do for fatherhood, right? <laughs> the things for we'll sure. do for the little ones. I so so it's funny. Um, I I was in, in preparing for the show. I I know we talked about, you know, throwing out a couple of good uh, dad stories and went out there and and, and you know I have a a list of. The, I am a pro dad, by the way. I've been doing this for almost thirteen years now. Um, so there's a ton of stories. But I I sat with my son this morning as we were driving to school and talked about this. So here here's my routine every morning, right? Um, once everybody's ready, my, my daughter right now is in remote school, my 12 year old. So she's, she's school from home and my wife and I are both working from home and the baby is a baby and she's not in school yet. So she just sleeps and poops all day. Um, and then, uh, my daughter starts school at like eight eighteen, and then five to nine, I have to drive my son to school. And because of COVID, they have a whole entry process. Now we basically have to wait on the side street in the car in line and, pull up. So every day, you know, it's, it's about 10 minute line and we slowly inch up, slowly inch up. And then as soon as I pull up right in front of the door, the security guard is there. I give him a wave, you know, say goodbye to my son. Have a great day, bud. See you later. He gets out. I pull away. So today, same thing. We got caught a little off guard because, uh, there was like five cars in front of us, which normally would give us a good four minutes. Um, but they all pulled away at the same time. So, Oh, okay, cool. So meanwhile, he and I are talking about this this rehearsal, this recording today, and I'm like, so what's the best story to share? And we're like, we brought up some some really good ones, right? We brought up um, the time that we were playing Sorry, and I had to make, I got one of those cards that says uh, you got to make, you know, player, the yellow player laugh or whatever, and uh, I wound up just saying L'chaim really loud, and my, my kids like burst into laughter for 10 minutes, and... So we're going over all of these ideas for stories, but we couldn't pick one, right? And I'm thinking to him, like, I have a ton of poop stories about my my little baby now, about, like, the magical anti-gravity, you know, physics, um, uh, anti-physics, like, whatever of, like, her poop in her diaper, right? 
So I, I have like an arsenal. And then what happens? The five cars pull away. So I'm like, oh, okay. I, I pull up, wave to the security guard, right? Tell my son to have a great day in school. He's getting his backpack on. And then like in front of us, like a car ahead, which we always see one of, one of my good friends there letting her son out of the car. Um, and so he gets out of the car and walk. So I pull away. And I, I pull up next to her to honk and, and wave and, and whatever. And, okay, great. I wave. And I start driving away. And then I hear my son's voice going, uh, Dad, forget anything. And I look back and, like, he's still in the car. And I forgot to drop him off at school. I left without <laughs> dropping him off at school. And that, Dave, is fatherhood in a nutshell for me. This is literally yeah. every day of my life, the struggle that I go through. As I'm, a not, I'm not a natural I, I i don't want to say i'm not a natural parent but i definitely sympathize with that like that that is not like i yeah you ever like um buy something and then leave it at the store like right on the counter yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's like it's like that but with like you know a person with a person i mean at least you didn't at least you didn't leave your kid like where you shouldn't have left your kid you just took him with you yeah well, there's the fear of that always. I've gone through this with is the third time now that I'm going through this with a little kid. And and the the good thing is with Joanna, with my 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 little one, is that we don't leave the house now. So so there's no chance of leaving her somewhere. But I can't tell you right. how many times I had one of those moments where I'm like, oh my God. And I like go in the back seat and there's no kid there. And then I'm like, oh wait, the the kid wasn't with me just now. Like you leave a store and you go, Did I forget the kid? Like, I've never done that, thankfully, but um, yeah, that, that's that's a real fear in parenting is leaving your kid yeah. somewhere, and not I, I, not so I, much because of the kid being alone and scared. You just don't want to get yelled at when you go go home and go. I lost the kid again. Yeah, dude. <laughs> ah, that that pesky kid. No, but but and and I think that it's particularly bad for COVID parents. Like like so, uh, parenting a a toddler during COVID. Like we pulled her out of school, and you know no one's really watching her besides like my mother sometimes for a few hours. So like the few times that we're without, we're just like, oh, um, like it just feels like you lost like an arm or something. It just, you know, it, we're going to have a lot of trouble bringing her to school or anything. Cause we're just used to her being like part of the furniture, you know, like every single day. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't think I could leave her anywhere. She's attached like a, like a baby koala or something. <laughs> we've become, we've become marsupials in this time. Uh, yeah, it is, it is, uh, a very strange time to be a dad for sure. Oh, it totally is. Totally is. That, and that's why, <laughs> that's why it's okay to once in a while turn around and focus on, on work a little bit. Like even right now we had overlapping meetings, my wife and I, the older ones mm-hmm. finishing up school and the baby was napping and she woke up right before we started recording and thank God she was done and was able to take her. But it's like sometimes just sitting during the day and focusing on work is like the best medicine to sort of get out of dad land for a minute, you know? I agree. And I think that we both take a lot of comfort in work. We're not one of the, like, you know, we get tired and stuff, but that, 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 that's our default. I mean, being dads and work like that's like, I don't want to be one of those, like, like all you do is go to work and come home and whatever. But like, that is me. Like, I love my work. I think you do too. I love my family. Yeah. That's that. And, and those, those two things intersect really well together. You know what I mean? Um, and, but I'm not jealous of your job. I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm jealous of your job at all, George. I don't even know. I, what I, I, I think do it would anymore, be man. really <laughs> me either. What does he do? He's got this cool office. He doesn't go there. I don't, I don't know. know what he does. 
Uh, he he throws he throws he throws bacon cheeseburgers that are called laminated that are called <laughs> laminators at at Waltz. But how does he do it remotely? Yeah. So so no, I do love what I do, and I, I'm so you know thankful and lucky and grateful that I I get to be in a position after so many years of doing this where, uh, you know, I started this company and, and a lot of people that know me will know this, but I started this company, um, in, in sort of peril, right? I started, started this company because I was shifting careers. I was in the middle of, you know, I, I just, you know, ended a, a, a divorce and had two little kids. This was 10 years ago now that, that, uh, most of this happened. And then, um, Wow, ten years, um, and and sort of focused on just being a dad for for a couple of years, and just really, you know, making sure the kids were good, and and focusing on family yep. and reprioritizing. And then when it came time to sort of jump back into work, as most of us have to do because things cost money, um, I started this business because I needed to be flexible. That was why Launchpad Five One Six was started. I wanted to consult because consulting was flexible. Um, I needed mm-hmm. to be able to, uh, uh, you know, my kid's mom is a teacher, so she's working during the day. I needed to be able to, to, to juggle during the day and, and, you know, make my own schedule. And I still wanted to be class dad and, and coach the teams and, and the whole thing. And so I needed to be really, really flexible. And what yeah. was cool was, you know, starting this for, for me for like the right reasons and, and, with the intentions that I have to draw a clear line between family and work. Um, and then over the years, as my, you know, my kids aren't as dependent now anymore. The new one is, but um, they're not as dependent anymore, right? Like they don't need you as much as they used to. And so right. as that freedom grew, that's when I was able to grow the company a little and do some different things. And it's just amazing how it organically just melded into this thing that I just love doing every day. I get to, help businesses through the consulting company. I get to do fun projects through the marketing company. And my, my public speaking is just so, you know, just I'm so grateful for, for these platforms. And to be able to do stuff like this, to have two podcasts and have this one roaming in the background while she's doing her homework, I mean, it's the dream for me, you know? It, it really is. So cool. It's it, You know, I, I very much enjoy what I do. And, and being an entrepreneur is scary sometimes, but, man, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's what I wouldn't be. I don't want to say I'd never want to own a business or I never want to work full time for myself. I never want to leave my job, but, but that's what I wouldn't like as someone that's a little anxious and likes to know what to expect just based on how my brain works. That's something I'd have a trouble with about like not knowing how, like my income, my paycheck is solid. Like I know exactly how much I'm going to make every year. You know what I mean? Like I would not, I would not do well with like, not that you have like gig work, I'm sure, you know what I mean? But like just the uncertainty in that, it would be like, that's part of the reason why I would never want to, never want to do it. But like, I, I, I agree about like, you know, figuring it out and like we both tried and failed and, and, and then kind of scaled back and, and, uh, scaled more, more responsibly into, into, what we do now. And I, I agree too. like having, being able to juggle multiple projects and being able to be like a public face of something and, and talk and, and, and share my knowledge just because I think that it needs, it's an idea worth spreading, you know, like, um, I, I think it's so important. And, and so, and, and also I'm home right now. You could tell by the skull in the background, but for the most part, I've been in person this whole time, like during the pandemic, I mean, 
I, we did, we did quarantine for a while. So I work with dozens of individuals with autism and I help run a nonprofit that's incredible called the Nichols Center. And, and, uh, we, we created this remote platform, uh, called the Zoomiverse, uh, for remote learning during, during COVID. And George has been on, we have like crazy social groups where we have awesome guests and stuff. And so now that, that was for a few months, then we, we went back in person, but a lot of people are still quarantining. And so we've actually formalized the Zoomiverse. We're going to we're going to, you know, really concentrate on scaling that and going national with it, which is so, so exciting. But that's part of the that's part of the the, the way that I was able to, to justify doing the same thing that you're doing right now with your daughter doing homework in the background. I'm going fully remote, probably in like mid-May. Um, and that that's that's one of the reasons. I mean, I have more people in my life than I did before COVID that I needed to help take care of. And so I'm actually I'm you know this, George, but I'm moving to Nashville um which which is super exciting so i bought a house over the weekend which is horrifying but that's part of the point is like i want to never go to starbucks again i want to have my own espresso machine like george and i want to be able to bug my daughter every day and teach her the slang of my generation <laughs> that is going to be my primary focus from nine to five um Amazing. so yeah i i think we there's a lot of crossover there you know, yeah, like know. Uh, about how we've how we've made this work, how we've made our work life and our family life work for us and, and everything, especially during this time. Um, and and it, it is so cool to have that flexibility and to be able to do the fun stuff. And not that it's not productive, but like you and I. This is probably the least productive part of. of, of yeah. <laughs> but like you and I, we get to do quite literally what we're good at and what we like and what we want to do. Yeah. And, and we get to do well doing it, which is yeah. so, so cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, not that I, not that I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't know how to step into your shoes doing what you do. You know, you see, you look at some professions. I see a lot of professions, man, like as a, as a, a management consultant, a business consultant. I, and I go to, mm-hmm. I go, I fix broken businesses. Hey, as, <laughs> as a guy that, that goes around, in that voice, fixing broken businesses and throwing things against the wall. No, as a guy that goes around fixing broken businesses, like I see so many different industries and I, I love seeing it and I absorb everything I can and learn everything I can. But, uh, you know, I've been in your neck of the woods a few times where we, we've done some crossover mm-hmm. and, and I'm so such a fan of um, of what you do and the organization that you work for. Um, but mm-hmm. if we, if I had to like undercover boss your job, like, <laughs> If I had to like put, I, I don't know. If I had to like be dressed up and shave my head and and put like a you know like a spiked collar on and a and a Ramones t-shirt on and and be Dave for a, do you wear a spiked collar still? I was just checking on that. Yeah, I know there's no, a leather vest should... involved, leather studded vest, right? For sure, I have one of those. That's under the bed though, in the in the naughty box. By the way, that's different. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That was loud. Um, so if I had to do that and be Dave for a day, I don't know if I could pull off what you do, man. Like I would imagine that it would be what's a, what's a, what's a day in the in the work life. That's of Dave, what, that's right? what's interesting. That's what's interesting. I'm really lucky now. I mean, things have changed rapidly, but like if if I was quote unquote on the floor, like running the floor, I. Which I don't do anymore. Yeah, no, you you count count George out. That that's like I you know I'm not a I'm not a teacher, but I've been in education for a really long time. 
And uh, what we do is we support people at work. We support people with autism and related uh, conditions and learning differences at work. Um, that is a, an entire science. What I do now is more of the, the leadership side, the administrative side, and the development side of program development, creating new programs that benefit um, uh, our, our participants and those we serve. Um, and, and that there's, there's definitely some crossover there with like outreach, you know, you'd be great at the outreach side of like kind of giving people my elevator pitch and asking if they want to collaborate and stuff like that. And that, that's where it's going. It, it, um, but yeah, I also create these things and I think that we, we, there's some more crossover here. I create these things called work systems, which is, you know, it's an actual term for like when you're trying to help someone who was in special ed in school make sure that they're organized. And I need them too. I have ADHD. I was in special ed all my life. Um, I have dyslexia as well, but like creating things that set people up for success that aren't already part of workplace infrastructure. So there's something called natural supports, which would be like, uh, like a restroom sign. Like every restaurant has a restroom sign, right? You know where it is, but what if you needed something that's like a restroom sign, but for like where they keep the stapler? which is actually a bacon cheeseburger, George. <laughs> like, so, so like setting, not just visuals, but setting up systems of support. Like, even if it's like, I'm, I'm big into like the Google suite of technology and stuff like Google forms and, and, and stuff like that, that help people check in with themselves and self-regulate self cope at work and things like that. I'm big into developing those systems. And yeah. then I make, and then I make my staff implement them, which is, which is, uh, and I really manage managers now, which, which I, you know, you're a natural leader and you'd be good at it, but I would not be, I, I know that you lead and you lead by example, but you also quite literally manage people. Yeah. I would not be able to do what you do. Uh, and I think that there is some crossover again with like reaching out to the public, talking about best practices, um, making sure that things are kind of kosher in workplaces. That's something that I do all the time, but going in to like somewhere unfamiliar and telling them what they're doing wrong. Like, is that what you do? <laughs> like, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong. Well, is essence, that what you do? In essence, but when you think about it, cause it's funny. Cause as you were describing what you do now at your job, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, change the setting. And that's kind of what I do <laughs> in, in, yeah, in a way. Right. So when we deal with, in a, if you've never worked in a bank, if you've never worked in a bank, how are you going to tell people how to run a bank? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the beauty of this is that early on, right. So I come from the pharmacy industry originally. And so when I started the company, the goal was to consult in the pharmacy and medical industry only. And then all of a sudden I got a fitness client and then I got a retail client and then I got a food services client. And then 10 clients later, I was like, well, this is like, this is kind of the same. This is, I'm teaching business foundational fundamentals to businesses that, and, and outside of the box strategies and operations and organization. And so that stuff is right. kind of the same, but instead of dealing with, you know, burgers and pizza, you might be dealing with, phones and widgets or whatever like it's just the product is different but the, but running a business is the same the formula for running a successful business is sort of the same and so i realized that there's a sort of transcendent factor there that it doesn't matter what industry is yeah okay i might be a little better at certain industries because right. i know them better but after like man i've been running this company for eight years now and i know so much about so many industries now that i don't think there's yeah. anything that i can't consult in and when you talk about the secret, right, not to get all businessy on this, but the secret to all this was really bringing a certain mindset to how I approach it, right? So so early on in this, I discovered that I, this 
this sort of catchphrase of it starts with people, right? And so realizing that some of the things that went wrong early in my career where I wasn't a good communicator, I wasn't good at, um, uh, I wasn't necessarily good at, at managing, right? And mm-hmm. I realized why, right? Because without communication and expectations, there can be no um, clear line of what your goals are, what we expect of you, what you expect of us, and blah, blah, blah. So I started talking to people, right? I'd go into to these businesses and go, like, let me talk to, okay, the CEO brought me in because they think that the employees suck and they're ruining their business. But then I talk to the employees and they're like, well, no, the CEO is giving us a hard time. Not It's a bad work environment. They're not, you know, they made promises that they're not keeping. And you go, well, hold on. Why don't we, let me talk to all you guys and then let me talk to all of them. And then let's all sit down and talk together and sort of connect the dots and open these lines of communications. And generally, you open the line of communication like with anything and people go, oh, well, I didn't know you felt that way. Well, I didn't know you felt that way. Well, maybe if you and I can give each other new expectations and we lay it all out yeah. on the line, now we all have the tools to succeed here. And if it's not working at that point, then maybe it's not the right fit anymore. So that's kind of in a yeah. nutshell what I've always done. And through that, you can fix operations. You could fix organizations. You could fix sales and marketing. You could come up with outside the box ideas. People think, you know, with, with this business, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but like they, they think you're some kind of savior coming in with this idea that nobody's ever thought of nine times out of 10. There's somebody in that company that was not heard. That was not heard. I never had a voice. And they had, first of all, first of all, you could have just said, I do what John Taffer does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also a long-winded public no. speaker. So how could we have filled up airtime? <laughs> um, no, no, no. But 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 I, I agree. And I think that vulnerability is something that people have a lot of trouble with. And all and like like stay like uh I think that it's important for people to stay in in lanes sometimes. But I also think that again if you just like open up a conversation and say like, let's look at this from a helicopter view and let's talk about how this could be better. And also leadership, the leadership in every single company should be asking, asking their people what they can do better, what they could do better to support the employee, what they could do better to support the the industry and the, and the business. And I don't think that happens enough. Um, And that's something that, that I think, I, I didn't always know how to do. I wasn't very, I wasn't always as conscious of, of, of my management and leadership style as I am now where I got to the point where I was managing enough people that I actually realized that like, that's a thing. And I should be actually consciously be like, how can I do better? What is my style? What's my strategy, but vulnerability and, and being able to say, let's figure this out. Let's all figure this out. And also just a second pair of eyes, like, and, and an outside pair of eyes. There's nothing wrong with that. Like the, yeah. that's, that's really, really beneficial. Uh, I still wouldn't want to do undercover boss with you, George. Still yeah. wouldn't want to do it. Me neither. I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any spike collars that fit me anymore. <laughs> me, can I, me either. <laughs> can I tell you a secret? I'm pretty yeah. sure we just had our first episode. I know this is a rehearsal, yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, I think we just had our first episode. So we're going to, yeah, we no, could probably just edit some of this. Info at the bottom, uh, do a new overlay and call it an episode. Sweet. Technology. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, this was fun. All right, so that's it. If you don't like uh, if you dad jokes, you don't like dads, you don't like camping, 
go to hell <laughs> and go to hell and burgers and burgers burgers called staplers <laughs> this podcast ain't for you and uh, this was going to be a practice but this is the real thing yeah absolutely so so we'll, we'll come at you every i don't know what our i think we're doing every two weeks but don't quote me on that yeah, i'll yeah. edit this out if this is wrong uh but yeah if this is the first episode then then God bless us, everyone. This was this was a good one, and we'll see you on the next episode. We're probably at this point going to be dropping like four episodes at once. So no matter what I say right here, it doesn't matter because you have more episodes anyway. So uh, I've been George Andriopoulos today. Uh, today, at this moment, I'm Dave Thompson. After right. this, I got to go change. So it all worked out. It all worked <laughs> out. All right, man. Great show. We'll see you next week or yeah, or, or in two weeks you. or Whatever. Maybe I'll never see you again. Nope. Have fun in Nashville. Anarchy. No rules. Later. L- later, guys. Thanks for tuning into the Over My Dad podcast. Catch us every Wednesday morning when we release on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and all the major podcast platforms. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at OverMyDadPodcast and Twitter at OverMyDadPodCST.